is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I, this is John, wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Make note, Revelation chapter 1 speaks of the catching away or what we refer to as the rapture of the church. We are in heaven now, just after the rapture. We're at the beginning on earth, those that are left behind, the seven-year tribulation period. The word book in verse number 1 refers to a scroll. Scrolls were made of rushes that grew along the river and were very costly. This particular scroll is the title deed to heaven and earth. A Roman property will was sealed with seven seals. This scroll is the will or the testament or the title deed of heaven and earth. Now a will could not be opened by anyone except an heir. There is a concern found here that no one was worthy to open this title deed. And then Christ is declared worthy and the heir of all things. The fact that the scroll is written on both sides show that nothing more can be added. The destiny of the sinful world is determined, and that is judgment. Eternity with Christ for God's people in heaven is the plan of God. To understand this, we have to understand the Hebrew system of owning land. You see, if a man became poor and he had to either sell his property or sell himself, he could be redeemed by only a kinsman. The story of Ruth is based on this law, and the Redeemer had to be a near relative who was willing and able to purchase the property and to set the kinsman free. All of creation, my friend, has been under the bondage of Satan, sold to sin and to death. Ah, but now Christ, our kinsman redeemer, is about to set creation free. God makes it clear in this passage of Scripture that only Christ can redeem us. There is no saint in glory. There is no person on earth. There is no soul under the under, on, in the underworld of death. No one is found worthy. At this point, John, when he sees this unfold, he begins to weep when he sees that there's no one worthy. He yearns to see creation set free from the bondage of the curse of sin that was placed on the earth in the day when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. 
John longs for the promise of Revelation chapter 4 to be fulfilled. He knew that the promises of Israel could not be fulfilled unless the scroll, the will, the title deed was open. As John stood there weeping, an angel dried his tears by pointing to Christ and saying, The lion, the lion is Christ. By the way, the lion of verse number 5 takes us to Genesis 48, uh, 49 and speaks of Christ's royalty in the family of God. Now remember, nobody but an heir can open this book. Nobody but an heir can unseal the title deed. But verse number 5, Christ is referred to as the lion that is worthy. And that speaks of Christ's royalty in the family of David. The root of David speaks of his deity, the one through whom David came. And it is declared that Christ is worthy to open the book because Christ has prevailed. Christ has overcome. Christ has conquered. Christ has won the victory. You see, as men's soul were sold under sin, God gave his only begotten son so loving the world that he died in your place and mine. See him as he hangs on the cross of Calvary and the sins of the world are placed upon him. <clears throat> A little while later, see as they take the body of Christ and they place him in a borrowed tomb. It was during those days that hell and his minions rejoiced. We've killed, we've crucified, we've taken away the hope of their redemption. Ah, oh, but dear friend, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, as the sun began to rise, the promise of God was fulfilled and he arose from the dead. He arose from the grave. John looked for a lion in verse number 6, but in verse number 6, he saw a lamb. You'll see in verse number 5, the Bible says, Weep not, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. In verse number 6, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elder stood, not the lion, but a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. In verse 5, he sees the lion. In verse 6, he sees the lamb. In these two names, lion and lamb, we have the twofold emphasis of the Old Testament prophecy. As the lion, Christ conquers and reigns. As the lamb, he conquers the sin of the world. We cannot separate the suffering from the glory. We cannot separate the crown from the cross. Jesus is called the lamb 28 times in Revelation. Isaac asked his daddy, where is the lamb? We see John standing on the banks of the Jordan River and he declares to that crowd, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. As we open this book, John writes, Worthy is that Lamb. The elders sing, but the angelic creatures say with a loud voice. It's an interesting read here. The elders sing, the people sing, but the angelic creatures say with a loud voice. There's no evidence in the Bible that angels can sing. 
Job 38, 7 states that at creation, the sons of God, referring to the angels, they shouted for joy. The Christmas angels of Luke chapter 2, they praised God by saying, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. The multitude of angels in heaven joined their voices in a great shout of praise when the Lamb took the scroll, but they did not sing. Oh, hear me, dear friend, singing is a privilege reserved for the redeemed saints of God who have, in, who have experienced the joy of salvation. Ah, the world can sing of a hope and that is nothing more than a wish. But the child of God sings of the hope and the assurance of salvation because of the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. As we study the book, we find there are many things that angels can do that saints cannot do. Ah, but an angel cannot experience salvation, nor can he sing with the saints the praises of the Lamb. May I say tonight, Christ alone is worthy of our praise. It's interesting to contrast this great doxology of music with the earthly life of Christ. The enemies of Jesus said he is worthy of death. All that the angels declare that he's worthy of praise. Uh, his enemies on earth accused him of working in the power of Satan. Ah, but in heaven the angels declare he's worthy of power. Uh, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9, he became poor for our sakes, and yet in heaven he is crowned with all of heaven and all of earth's glory and riches. The preaching of the cross was foolishness to sinful man, all oh, but it was wisdom to the angels of heaven. On earth Jesus was crucified in weakness, but in heaven, in heaven he is recognized by his power. Though he is dishonored on the earth, he's honored in glory. He was made a curse on the cross, but he is today both the recipient and the bestower of the eternal blessings of heaven. After the Lamb takes the book, heaven burst into a song. Can you see the picture? Can you hear the sound? The Lamb takes the title deed. It shows who the owner, who the possessor of heaven and earth is. After the angels completed their praise, all of creation joined to honor the Lord Jesus. Every creature suggests that all of creation anticipates the redemption that will come when Christ finally overcomes the enemy and establishes his kingdom. I don't know about you, but I get weary of the battles. I get tired of the battles. I get tired of Satan rearing his ugly head in so many ways or in so many fashions. Ah, oh, but dear friend, when they declare that Jesus the Lion, Jesus the Lamb of God is worthy to open the book, dear friend, he's about to open a book of judgments on this whole sin-cursed world and he's about to declare that he and all of his children who are joint heirs with Christ uh, we're going to live in heaven for all eternity no wonder all of heaven began to sing as we realized that Satan would be put away and punished forever ah oh, dear friend the inhabitants of the earth are ignorant of this glorious scene in heaven for you see on earth they're now celebrating because Christians are gone 
They're celebrating a false peace brought about by the Antichrist. As in the days of Noah, as in the days of Lot, in the beginning of these, the seven-year tribulation period, they go on their way eating and drinking after ignoring God's warnings, thinking they've won the victory since Christians are somehow mysteriously, finally out of their way. But then the Lamb begins to open the book and he opens the seals and judgments begin to fall on sin and Satan and heaven begins to sing and all their theme of their song is Jesus. Jesus is the centerpiece of heaven. That's why he ought to have preeminence in our lives today as the Bible teaches in Colossians 1.18. Their song they sing about Jesus is a ballad. It's a song that tells a story. It tells a story about the power of the Lamb, the passion of the Lamb, and the purpose of the Lamb. The power of the Lamb is to live for all eternity. Verse number 9, the passion of the Lamb is to love through the ages. Uh, the purpose of the Lamb is to save for eternity to the uttermost. And it is His blood that has redeemed us, that has preserved us, and that presents us holy before the presence of the Almighty God. When you come to verse number 10, you and I are now made kings and priests. We are now members of the royal family. We have now the obligation of offering up sacrifices of prayers and praise to him. I want to say tonight there'll never be a song that is sung like will be sung on that day when the Lamb opens the seals Judgment is poured out upon sin and you and I are declared the property owners of heaven and earth. Oh, but may I say, let's not wait until that night to sing. Let's keep on singing as we sang tonight. Singing reminds me of all that Jesus is. The songwriter said, Jesus is all the world to me. My life, my joy, my all. He is my strength from day to day. Without him, I would fall. Oh, we'll sing on that day in heaven. But I say, let's sing now. Let's sing to remind us of all that Jesus is. Let's keep on singing, which reminds us of our purpose. And our purpose is to praise him, praise him. All oh, you little children, God is love. God is love. Praise him, praise him. Lift your voice tomorrow morning, in the morning time, in the beginning of the day, and throughout the midst of the day, and remind the devil, <clears throat> your days are numbered, but mine are eternal. And I'll sing because of my purpose. Singing reminds me that Satan will be defeated. That's why we can sing with great joy. Farther along, we'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. So cheer up, my brother. Live in the sunshine. Oh, I'm glad tonight that singing reminds me that Satan will be defeated. Singing reminds me now. 
I'm on the winning side. I'll tell my favorite story quickly. A man was watching a group of boys playing baseball on a baseball lot. He stood and he watched for a while and he said to the third baseman, he said, as he looked at the scoreboard and the scoreboard said 42 to nothing. He said to the boy playing third base, he said, you're getting beat, aren't you? He said, no, sir. We ain't been up to bat yet. You may look at the scoreboard and you may read in the newspaper in the morning and you may hear on the news that you and I are down 42 to nothing, but you remind the devil, we ain't been up to bat yet. And when the trumpet sounds, our home run hitter is coming to the plate and dear friend, he is worthy to open the seals of the book. The judgment of God will be poured out upon sin and you and I will enjoy as joint heirs with Christ the blessings of all eternity. So I say to you tonight, Christian, keep on singing. We're on the winning side. Stand with me if you will. Well, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Out in sin, no more will I abide. I believe. I won. Let's see. Let me have that. I've seen a thousand times. If I get to heaven, I'll have a memory. 272. Ladies, come on up. Once I drifted out in sin, had no hope nor joy within, and my soul was burning down with Savior came along and he showed me I was wrong. Now I know I'm on the winning side. Well, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Out in sin no more will I Of truth and right, praise the Lord, I'm on the winning side. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Do you know Christ is your Savior? Do you know heaven is your home? If you're here tonight and you've never received Christ as Savior, you ought to step out of your seat right now. You ought to make your way to the front and let someone take the Bible and show you how you can know for sure heaven is your home. If you're a child of God and you're burdened down by all that's going on around us, take a look again tomorrow at Revelation chapter 5 and be reminded, folks, we're on the winning side. As the ladies play,